Constellation. 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 Hello, and welcome to Soulful Wildflowers, a podcast where we explore topics and modalities to help raise your vibration, strengthen your internal guidance system, and your connection with self. I'm Carrie, a writer, emotional wellness coach, empath, and explorer of spirituality. My goal is to awaken the lightworker inside of you by discussing topics you may have previously thought out of reach. So welcome to Woo Woo 101, a down-to-earth approach to spirituality. As Dolly Parton once said, wildflowers don't care where they grow. So no matter where you are in your awakening, years in or just starting to explore, you're exactly where you need to be. We're so grateful you're here and can't wait to grow with you. Hello and welcome. This is another episode of the Soulful Wildflowers podcast. My name is Carrie Fox, your host. And today we are going to talk about astral traveling, astral projection, the astral realm, and all things astral. So welcome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I am live here on my Facebook page, Soulful Wildflowers. So if you ever wanted to catch one of these podcast recordings live, I try to do them on Sundays, um, usually between like 11 and 12 Eastern time and go live on the page so that you guys can join and ask questions or just, um, you know, interact and be a part of the audience um, whenever I go live. So uh, first off, you know, why are we talking about astral traveling, astral projection? And if you listen to two episodes ago, I think um, I was recapping my experience at my very first retreat, which was all about um, intuition and just, you know, more connection with self and and really um, growing my intuitive gifts and getting comfortable and confident with them. And one of the experiences from that retreat was the realization that I personally astral travel and have done so probably since I was a very young child um, have, um, had lots of lucid dreaming experiences, which we'll talk about here also. Um, and my dreams are, you know, I often say on the podcast, my dreams are wackadoodle. (laughs) They are quite elaborate. And, um, like, I don't know where some of this stuff comes from. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you know that you're just kind of like dreaming that, maybe like your spirit team, your spirit guides are coming in and and sending you messages through the dream realm versus you're actually physically leaving your body, your physical body behind and visiting a different world, a a different realm. How do you differentiate between the two? Um, So we're going to talk about that today. I'm super excited. This is going to be a really fun topic. Um, I was doing some research and you can really go down some rabbit holes with this topic. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep it surface level, um, you know, like, like astral travel 101, but I encourage you if this is something that you're interested in, definitely dive down. Cause there's a ton of information out there. Um, lots of videos, lots of, um, articles and things that, that you can definitely books that you can, you know, get all your questions answered. (laughs) I tend to find the more I dive down the rabbit hole, the more questions I have, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So what is astral travel? Um, It is defined as expanding our consciousness outside of the physical body. I've also heard astral projection um, as the, you know, physical, uh, leaving your physical body, right? You're projecting your, your astral body, um, elsewhere outside of your physical body. I have seen some interpretation or um, connections with lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences all kind of wrapped up in the same concept. Um, I do think lucid dreaming and astral traveling are slightly different, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So the definition, at least from Google, of astral travel or the word astral rather, is of connected with or resembling the stars. Astron is the Greek word for star. And many, many, many moons ago, um, 
you know, people used to live their lives by the stars, by where the planets were in the sky, where the stars were located, um, what season it was. That's how they know, knew how to grow their crops. There were different gods and goddesses that they would connect with to, um, you know, to, to what's the word I'm looking for to, to worship or to, um, help them throughout that particular season of their life. And so it's interesting if you are somebody who is diving down this rabbit hole with me, um, you'll notice that you probably tend to lean towards the stars yourself. So maybe if you're female and your moon cycle is, you know, driven off of if it's a full moon or, um, you know, waxing, waning, and, and that your emotions also tend to flow based on where the stars are in the sky, where the moon is, what, what, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Astrological phase it's in, right? So it's interesting that this pro process is based off of this idea as well. So, um, also one thing when I was researching this, there is a TV show. I have not seen this, but apparently there was a TV show called behind her eyes. And I think it's fairly recent, like in the past several years that this show was on where there's an, a character Adele, who was apparently a spy in the 1900s. And, um, she was astral traveling to spy on, I guess, other, other countries. I I'm not really sure. I, again, I didn't watch the, the, um, show, but if you have seen that show again, it's called behind her eyes. I would definitely be interested. What were your thoughts on it? Is it something to, uh, binge watch? Where can we find it? <laughs> and do you recommend it for folks? So, um, I just thought that was interesting as I was, as I was researching that show came up quite a bit in, in recent articles. So, um, you know, astral traveling is essentially an altered state and, a lot of people think that this is something that is very natural to us as humans, that we actually do it every night, um, that, you know, it's something we do all the time. We're just not necessarily conscious of it. And so just as uh, so I've heard so many people, because we've talked about dream work on this um, podcast before, and, and I've talked with several people about dreams. They love dream interpretation and analyzing your dreams for information to help you through the waking life. Right. But a lot of people are like, Oh, I never dream. My husband is one of those people. He's like, I never dream. I never, you know, remember my dreams, but you dream every night. So just because you don't remember it consciously doesn't mean that when you're unconscious in your sleeping state, that you don't dream or you don't astral travel. This is something that supposedly we do all the time. We're just not conscious of it. Right. Because as we mentioned earlier, we're expanding our consciousness outside of our physical body during astral traveling. So I think that's super fun. So you may do it every night and just not realize it, but just as you may dream every night and not realize it, the easiest way to start to remember these experiences is to try to bring your consciousness to it. And you're like, okay, that's great, Gary. How do I do that? <laughs> so when I'm talking to people about dreams and how to remember their dreams, um, usually what I say is there is a point where you start becoming conscious of the fact that you're dreaming or conscious of the fact that you're starting to become awake. And so a lot of times people will, will dream and they'll say, well, I know I dreamed, but I don't remember what I dreamed of. And so practicing being more conscious when you're dreaming will help you remember your dreams. And this is what I mean by this. So let's say you're dreaming about being in a field of wildflowers, because why not? That's appropriate for this podcast. And you remember, you know, are you you're seeing purple flowers and blue flowers and maybe some white flowers as you're starting to wake up from this dream, replay that scene over and over and over like repetitively to help you remember it in this in when you're awake now when you first start doing this and practicing this you may only remember the blue flowers from the field or like just a, a picture you may not remember the video like playing back a video in your mind right you may not remember the whole video 
but you may get a snapshot of that particular dream. And so I find the more you do this, then the more maybe you'll wake up in the middle of the night from a dream. And if you at before you're falling back asleep, if you replay that over and over as you're falling back asleep, you're more likely to remember that dream in the morning. Obviously, a lot of people recommend dream journaling. It's the same idea, except instead of, and I'm a visual person, as we've mentioned many times on this podcast. So for me, visually going over, it makes sense. But if you maybe, um, you know, writing it down, maybe a better exercise for you, that's, that's something that you can do, right? Where you literally just write down blue flowers or, you know, you don't have to write down a paragraph worth of information. I mean, great. The more info you can write, the better. Um, to help you remember in the morning. But what you're doing is you're bringing this, this ideas that was in your like subconscious to your consciousness. And when you wake up in the morning and you're looking at your journal and you're like blue flowers with, oh, that's right. There was a field of flowers. Like you're, you start connecting the dots and remembering little bits and pieces of your dream. And I think it's the same idea with astral traveling is the more you try to bring that to the forefront, bring it to your consciousness, the more you're going to remember it. And soon it becomes just like anything that you practice, you get better and better at it. And then you can remember um, full dreams or or be conscious. I, I think that's a lucid dreaming, right? Being more conscious in your dreams and directing your dreams where you want them to go instead of them feeling very, um, uh, what's chaotic maybe, or like unpurposeful. Um, the more you write down kind of core themes in your dream, you'll notice that because anytime you're dreaming, anytime you're astral traveling, you'll notice that there are going to be themes that come up. And we've talked about this before where maybe water, I love this example because everybody dreams of water. And I don't think they recognize the fact that, um, for the most part, it can represent emotion And if your water is very um, rough and, and maybe there's waves and they're really rough and choppy, then maybe you have more heightened emotion. Whereas if they're more calm, then you, that's a calm, joyful, um, happy experience, right? Depending on how you're seeing the water, it's the same idea. You're going to start seeing themes repeat over and over in your dreams. And when you're astral traveling, and you can gain messages from that information. So now I'm kind of interweaving dreams and astral traveling, but let's, let's go back to, to astral traveling. So we do it all the time, right? We just aren't aware of it. Um, a little more on, on astral traveling. The, the idea is that your astral body, your soul is essentially leaving your physical body floating above and traveling in the astral realm, um, depending on location, like geological location in the world and what that um, particular region's uh, religious beliefs are, the realms and, and what the realm represents differs. But I think it's essentially like in my mind, it's essentially the matrix, right? Like it's just, it's just this, this like field of, um, blankness and that you build yourself when you're astral traveling, like you get to make these realms and, and, um, visit different dimensions and different spaces. Like there is no limit to what you can experience when you're, when you're in this plane, you're in this realm. So that's my personal belief. Um, but you'll definitely find varying opinions on what the astral realm is, but, um, it's essentially my thought is where your soul can go and kind of get closer to your higher self, which is a collection of all fragments of all the souls you've ever had in this existence. Um, so you disconnect from your body, but you're still connected. So one thing that people are afraid of, um, trying to astral travel is, or like consciously astral traveling is like, what if I can't get back into my body? Like, what if, what if I get sucked out and like, I can't get back in, (laughs) um, but your soul is actually tethered to your physical body in this lifetime. 
And so you can't, you're not going to get lost. You will come back. Um, some people call this the silver cord that is connecting your astral body or your soul to your physical body. And, um, if you've ever listened to, or heard about, you know, the term spirits for alcohol, um, some people believe that the reason that it's called spirits is because, um, you, when you drink too much alcohol and you become unconscious, essentially you like, you're not remembering what you're doing. It's because your soul, your, your body is too toxic for your soul to, to sit in. So it essentially leaves your body and your spirit, right? Your spirit leaves your body because your physical body is no longer safe for it. It's too toxic. So, you know, the thought is like when you are unconscious and you don't remember your evening because you drank too much, it's because your soul left. It's like, peace out, homie. This is not cool anymore. Um, but I've also heard that that leaves you open to having other entities or other spirits kind of um, use your vessel, your physical body as a playground when, when your soul leaves. Um, something to think about. So you do things that you wouldn't necessarily do in when you are sober because maybe you aren't actually uh, the one driving the vehicle at the moment because your, your soul left the body. Something to think about. Um, so why would you want to astral travel? Like, obviously, let's, let's not make the body toxic and, and leave it in that fashion, but like in a safe, protected container. <laughs> why would you want to astral travel? Um, first of all, just general curiosity and exploration. Like, what can you learn when there are no rules and regulations, if that makes sense, when your beliefs aren't keeping you within a box? Because if, you know, your universe is based off of your current beliefs, your current um, experiences, and you may not necessarily have the tools to think outside of certain experiences, um, because it, it's just not something in your wheelhouse yet. You don't know what you don't know, right? So the idea of astral traveling is being able to step outside that box where there is no limitation, where your beliefs are not keeping you from um, new ideas, new interpretation of different thoughts and, and patterns, and just to learn more about yourself, to learn more about your experiences here. Um, I did watch a video, I believe it was on Gaia, um, mysterious, it was mysterious something. I can't remember the name of the episode. There was a, a gal on there talking about astral traveling and her, her theory is that you astral travel every night because essentially what you're doing is you're taking the recording of whatever, you know, your experiences were for that day and you're housing it in the Akasha in the, for your Akashic records, which houses all of every life that you've ever lived. Every experience that you've ever had is housed in the Akashic records. All versions of your souls exist there in, in all future past um, experiences. And that this is where like you, you, when you're astral traveling, you essentially take that little tape recorder where you recorded your day and you drop it off in the Akasha and go about, you know, your business. Um, so I thought that was a very unique perspective where, you know, every time you go to sleep, you're essentially downloading this, this, your day that you had and your experiences and, and uploading it into the Akasha so that you can explore it from a different vantage point, right? Me, this version of myself right now, Carrie is only a sliver of my soul, right? If I want to be able to perceive or expand my consciousness outside of just this version of Carrie, I may try to connect with my higher self. So this is another reason that you might want to astral travel where you're you're viewing things from your higher self, or your higher self can more easily connect with you and provide you information in the astral realm. So it just provides a unique experience or, or perception or perspective rather um, to expand your thoughts and expand your beliefs and give you an opportunity to look at things differently. 
um, and see scenarios that maybe played out during, during the day in a different light, a different perspective. So if you're fighting with your spouse or your partner and you're like, I don't understand why they just couldn't put the dishes away, blah, blah, blah. Right. But your higher self recognizes that, I don't know, maybe your partner um, is exhausted and they're not getting their buckets filled, right? Like we've, we've talked before about, um, you know, your, your emotional, your wellness buckets, like you need to be able to fill your bucket of joy and, and pull from the overflow in order to help others, right? So if that individual is not able to do that, maybe they're not able to get to the dishes, right? Somebody who has experienced depression and anxiety, like sometimes simple tasks seem so incredibly daunting, so incredibly draining when to somebody else, it may not, if, if their bucket is full and they don't necessarily, they can't connect with it because that's not their current experience, even though it's yours. So this is, gives you an opportunity to view something from somebody else's experience and, and ultimately give you an opportunity to be in greater alignment with yourself. So, um, it can be fun. It can be exciting. It can be something that can help you just give you a different perspective, um, than what you currently have. So signs that you may already be astral traveling. I thought this was really cool. Um, as somebody who astral travels, you know, and didn't realize it, this is really great if you um, may already be astral traveling and just aren't aware of it. So if you are somebody who meditates, you may recognize this, that there comes a point when in your meditative state where you, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe you don't experience this and that's fine as well. But um, for me personally, there comes a point where you're where your body almost becomes really heavy and dense. Like you can feel the weight of your body, but there's also a physical vibration that, that happens. Um, it can almost feel like your foot is falling asleep where you get kind of tingly, just a little more subdued, not, not as prickly. Um, so that's, that's when I know that is particularly when I'm meditating that I'm in that kind of like subconscious state is that my body will, um, feel a little floaty, a little tingly. Um, I, I was actually doing a little meditation. I like to meditate before my, um, lives one to ground myself because I, my anxiety gets the best of me sometimes. Um, but also to open up so that if there's any information, any channeled information that wants to come through, um, I can be open to receiving that. And I do have to share totally off topic, but when I was in that state earlier today, um, right before this podcast episode, there was a lovely uh, mist or wisp. I thought it was cat hair at first. Like, have you ever seen cat hair floating? Like, like, um, if you have a fan going on, I, my fan was not on or if the air conditioning is going and it's like by the air conditioner vent, you ever see a piece of hair, like float. That's what, that's what it looked like. But when I looked like from the, the corner of my eye, but when I looked, there was no hair there. So we definitely had some friends in my office today, which is totally fine. All's welcome. We don't judge here. Uh, I don't know what it was, but we had some friends here. Um, which is an interesting experience. And I'm going off topic as I normally do, but that's totally fine. Um, so I have been diving down the rabbit hole of fairies and, and how to best connect with fairies. And I listened to a gal, um, a YouTube video where a gal was explaining, and I've heard this before, but she was essentially explaining that there is so much that our physical eyes don't see, but for our brains to like, we're constantly processing information. If you think about it, every time your eyes are open, there's like a bajillion things that they're processing. I mean, just on my desk alone, I've got Oracle cards, an Oracle book, my phone, a painting that needs to be hung up in my office. It's just pens and mail and y'all should see my desk stones. There's crystals, <laughs> cat toenail clippers. Why, why not? Um, and, and as I'm trying to do this recording, my, my vision is also seeing all this clutter on my desk. It's uh, organized clutter in case you were wondering. 
Um, but right, that's like constant information that you're trying to process. So what it say, what she was saying is that, you know, based on what your brain has previously processed, it will create patterns so that when I see this purple glass, for example, if I see anything similar to the shape, I'm going to assume it's this purple glass because I've seen this purple glass over and over and over and over and over again. And so what she's, what she's saying is that when you start to see spirit, non-physical things, your brain will trick you and turn it into physical objects that you've seen before. For example, like I was just pointing out, when I, when I was in my meditative state, when I opened my eyes, there was a piece of cat hair floating about. It was like a white wisp. When I looked, there was no cat hair. So my brain said, oh, here's, you know, here's spirit, but that that's too much for us. We're not, we're not cool with that. So we're going to turn it into cat hair because we've seen cat hair before. We know what it looks like. We can insert this image of cat hair in the brain so that she can process this and, and not be scared. Right. So it's freaking wild to me. Like that is amazing and wild. If you have ever experienced anything like that, I would love to hear about it. I would be more than happy to share it on the podcast, but, um, any experience where you've seen something with your physical eyes and you recognized it as a physical object only to later realize that it wasn't that physical object. It was spirit or non-physical, if that makes sense. You know, for example, you see, you see a lady standing in the woods and this is what she was trying to explain about the fairy realm is that you see a lady standing in the woods. It's not necessarily an actual lady. Like our eyes cannot understand or cannot, um, create the visual for fairy. So we change it and alter it to be something we can digest. So, Um, another example of this is angels, I think. So if you have seen drawings where people share, this is what a real angel looks like. My brother and I were talking about this a while ago. Um, but it's essentially like just a gazillion eyes, like eyeballs and wings. Google it. Um, I believe I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Seraphim or something along those lines, there, there are different versions of angels where, um, this version is, is like the eyes and the wings. And so essentially like our brains can't process that. Like if we were to physically see with our eyes, an actual angel, like it wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to process it. Right. So we change the vision. Our brain changes the vision of what we're seeing and says, no, 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 no. Here's something we understand right? This humanoid version of an angel with wings. Like, okay, cool. We've seen wings before on like birds and stuff. We can do the wings, but this whole multi-eye thing, that's weird. We can't, we can't process that. So we're going to turn it into a person. That's just wild to me that there are so many things we can't see with our physical eyes because our brains don't allow us to see it. That's pretty cool, right? Um, obviously total tangent. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. If this is, this is your first time listening, this is pretty normal. Um, back to astral traveling. So signs that you do astral travel. Um, obviously if you have extremely vivid and detailed dreams where it's not just like, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Like you're going to the grocery store, which you go to every week. And then you realize you're out of bread and it's like a very mundane you know, thing that's happening. Um, here's an example of, of what I think astral traveling is based on my experiences. So, um, one of the dreams that I've had that is very, it's very much stuck in my consciousness. Like I can, I can very easily grasp it and go back to it. Um, is this imagery of being on a pier, but a, a very big pier, like think about like a merchant pier where, Um, there's a lot of vendors, like old school, you know, thinking like, um, and I'm trying to use these words because I, they don't, it's not something that like I've seen today, like a farmer's market. Think of like a farmer's market where there's different stands and people have, you know, different colored stands and there's like, um, awnings over them that are different colors representing different things. Right. Except there's no people here. 
There, there are no people in this realm. Every, there's like every version of, of mythical creature that you can imagine is here on this dock in this farmer's market going about their day like it's totally normal. This is, this is my dream state. Um, and I don't remember what version I was. So it's like, I wasn't a part of the dream. I was like watching a scene play, like watching a movie play, if that makes sense. There was also this huge ship, almost like a pirate ship. It would be like all wooden, very old school with big giant sails. And y'all, my hand, if you're here with me live on Facebook, you can see my hands going crazy. Um, that's just how I explain things. Um, <laughs> so there was, you know, this huge ship and there were individual races where it would be like angels, like what I would consider, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like just with the wings and the, the physical human bodies, there were definitely more like animal faced humanoid bodied, um, beings there that they were kind of like huddled in a section there were fairies but they were more like cherub like like little human like little like a toddler think of like a toddler with wings and they had their own little section and each of these little groups were getting ready to board this pirate ship while this whole farmer's market thing is going on and they were all super excited and and like the very vivid details about like boarding the ship and then the ship traveling and it was going between these like rocks, um, these like cliffs, if you will. And, you know, the cherubs, they were like very playful. Um, it was just very fun energy. Like everybody was really excited to go on this voyage, this experience. And here I am just like watching this movie play, but it was so detailed to me that was me astral traveling to clearly another realm, um, maybe not of this particular particular galaxy even, I don't know. Um, but th that's what I mean when, I, when you're like, I'm talking about not mundane, you know, going to the grocery store or dropping your kids off at school. Like to me, when you're doing things, you do more in like your conscious state, that, that's more dreaming. Um, it feels more normal when you're talking about like some really wackadoodle things like that. Um, I've had dreams where I was, I have a lot of like Van Helsing style dreams. Why? I don't know, but I had like sirens, um, in my backyard. This was like my backyard of my house growing up where there was water flooding the backyard and, and enough where these sirens and, um, to give you a visual think of like, a mermaid, half mermaid, right? But instead of like a beautiful maiden, it was like this very scary, um, long, elongated teeth and um, long nails. And just like this very scary version where, where I was fighting these sirens um, to the point where as I, this is aggressive, but as I slayed them, because um, this is what I was doing in the dream, their souls, like I could see their physical souls. It was like this blue light shoot up and, and leave their physical body. Um, again, to me, that is being in the astral realm. That is, uh, not a normal dream <laughs> and, and just, I don't know, a different experience. Maybe that was a different lifetime that I was visiting and trying to, um, gain information, rewatching a, a scene play that I was trying to gain wisdom or information might, you know, maybe my higher self played it back to me. Um, as a reminder for whatever it was, I, I don't remember that. I had that dream a really long time ago. We're talking like 10, 15 years ago. Um, but it, again, it was still so vivid that I'm very conscious of it even now. Like I can still see um, in my mind's eye that the scene that played out there. So um, to me, that is differentiation between astral traveling and dreaming where your dreams are, are a bit more mundane. And then also, I think that you're more conscious when you're astral traveling, you can control what is happening or you're cognizant of things. So for example, um, you know, just using that grocery store example, maybe you go to the grocery store and you forget bread and you're just like, it's just a scene playing, right? You're like, Oh, I forgot the bread. And you get upset or, um, whatever it may be. Whereas when you're astral traveling, you're like, well, why don't you just go back? Just go back and pick up the bread. Like 
you, you're control, you, there's some sort of control in the, in the consciousness that you recognize that you're able to like shift between what's real and what's not real. If, if that makes sense, like you're, you're in the driver's seat more. Um, so, so there, that there's, those are two examples. One where you're like watching a movie play and, um, you're part of that experience. You can maybe feel the emotions that are happening during that experience where we were talking about like the merchant, um, I lost my words, the, um, farmer's market, the merchant farmer's market being on that pier, like, like being a part of it, like watching it versus where you're at the grocery store and you forget the bread, but you're actually able to say, well, why don't I just go get the bread right in the dream state? You're, you're kind of more controlling, um, what's happening. Whereas when you're just dreaming, I feel like it's very lucid. It's very, um, there's all kinds of sorts of things happening. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like an actual movie playing where there's like scene by scene by scene. It's very sporadic and, and jumbled and messy if that makes sense. And if you resonate with that, please let me know. I would love to hear um, some experiences that you've had and, and what those were like for you and if this resonates at all. Um, another sign that you can tell where you are astral traveling or have astral travel before, when you're in that half asleep, half awake state, if you um, ever jolt or, or like, feel like you're walking and you trip and your, your leg, your physical leg actually shakes. That could be a sign that you're coming back into your physical body. <clears throat> Excuse me, that your, your soul is coming back into your physical body and that you were just astral traveling and you came back. Um, so for me, my experience is, um, very much crash landing and, and I get those jolts quite often where, um, like I can feel myself fall. It, it feels like I'm falling back into my body. Like my physical body is falling. Um, and it's very jarring and, um, you know, not, not in a negative way. It's just, that's my experience is, is I'm like so exhausted from astral traveling that I just like flop myself back into bed, um, back into my body that's in the bed. Right. Um, but I recently was talking to a friend and she shared her experience of astral traveling and it's very different. And I want to share this with you because I want you to recognize that if these aren't your experiences, it doesn't mean that you're not astral traveling. It could just mean that your experience is different, which is totally fine as well. Um, so the way she shared her experience is when she comes back into her body she stated that it was kind of like if you're ever walking and it's muddy outside and your shoe, you, you put your shoe in like a, a muddy situation um, and you're, as you're lifting it up, it's kind of like sucking it. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, but it's kind of, um, you feel a little stuck and there's some resistance of your shoe coming up from the mud. She said, that's what it feels like that suction of her, like kind of getting slurped back into her body is what she feels. And it's not jarring like that. It's, it's more, um, subtle, right? So again, that's totally fine. If that's how you experience, um, coming back into your body, that's just a different experience and unique to you. And just like, just like we are always talking about your intuition how you receive messages in the dream realm, in the astral realm, how you astral travel, it's going to be specific to you and your soul and your current, um, you know, your current experiences. And it's all fine and dandy, right? There is no wrong way to do it. There is no specific right way. Um, this is something that has actually been coming up quite a lot for me this week is the fact that, you know, there are many different ways to do things. And just because one person does it one way doesn't mean you necessarily have to do that. You can just use that as an example of what could happen, of what the experience could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that has to be your experience. Your experience can be different and that's totally fine. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, Okay, so lastly, I wanted to talk to you guys about some different techniques that you can try if you want to start to astral travel. Um, and remember, the, the experience is going to be totally unique to you. So what works for one person may not work for you, and that's totally okay. 
it's a muscle. It's, it's an experience. It's an exercise, just like any other exercise you have to practice and figure out what feels good and what works best for you. Um, just like as you're exercising your muscles, some people like to ride bikes. Some people like to go running. Some people go hiking. Some people like to lift weights. All of those are totally fine for working out your muscles. You just have to figure out what works best for you for learning how to astral travel. Um, so first of all, I think everybody is going to kind of start off in the same spot is where you want to get to a state where you're not quite asleep yet, but you're getting there. You're in the, you're in the in-between state of asleep and awake. Um, it's kind of like a hypnotic state a meditative state, if you will. So again, if you're somebody who meditates, this might be easier for you because you've already practiced that where you're again, not asleep, but your body is very relaxed. So the main goal here is to relax your physical body while keeping your consciousness um, active and awake. So there's a couple of different techniques here that um, I, I just got while researching that I wanted to share with you. Um, one is start by visualizing your toes or your fingers flexing and opening, flexing and opening, but without actually moving your body. So what do I mean by that? Visualize in your mind's eye that your fingers are flexing. You can do your right hand first, your left hand, and then your right foot, your left foot, whatever feels best for you, but essentially your learning to move your astral body in small doses. Um, so this was an exercise that um, somebody had shared online that I found. And then you same idea, you can you know start small and then work bigger. Now maybe lift your leg up again in your mind's eye, not not your physical leg while keeping your physical body still, you just start lifting your leg up and visualizing that and what that feels like. Um, and you, you know, as we talked about earlier, you may feel tingles in your body. You may feel like your body is vibrating. That's all totally normal. That's a part of that hypnotic state that you're, you're going to be in. Um, and then this will allow you to kind of lift up your, your astral body, lift up outside your spirit, lift it outside of your physical body. Um, so that's one way. Um, another one is very similar where instead of, you know, um, flexing your fingers and toes, you think of your physical body rolling over to its side, um, but don't actually move your physical body. Visualize it in your mind's eye, what it would look like for your body to roll over and then slowly moving your feet off of the bed, hitting the floor, sitting upright again in your mind's eye. Try, and what you're trying to do is replicate this idea of your astral body leaving your physical body. And then you can get up and walk around your room. And what do you see in your room and um, where you feel safe and, and that you can kind of feel in control. A lot of people um, say that they feel out of control and, and they're, when that fear starts to creep in, they can feel themselves get sucked back into their body. Maybe that falling sensation or that that suction sensation that my friend experienced. Um, but when that fear comes in, a lot of times people get out of that meditative state. So you want to start off small and um, find something that makes you feel very comfortable. So that was another, you know, the rolling over, sitting up in your bed and kind of walking around your room. Um, the one that I really liked, so um, counting one through 10. And as you're counting, you're relaxing your body and you're moving different parts of your body as you count. So maybe when you say one, you start to visually again in your mind's eye, not moving the physical body, you wiggle your fingers. Step two, maybe you wiggle your arms. Step three, you maybe you shimmy your shoulders. And each time you're counting a new number, you're moving a different part of your body. And this is supposed to help you practice you know, getting out your astral body, getting out of your physical body. Um, one thing that I've done in the past that has worked really well when I have a hard time sleeping is starting at the very top of my head and starting to relax my whole body um, step by step by step. I usually don't make it down past my arms. Like I'm usually out like a light traveling off into the, the astral realm. Um, but, you know, start with relaxing 
your forehead and your eyebrows, your eyes, and essentially you want to, you want to physically feel this for this version. You're going to physically feel the re relaxation in your body. And it's to help you get into that meditative state. And you're going to relax your ears and your jaw, your cheeks, your neck, and I little piece by piece and feel your physical body relaxing. That's going to help you get into that meditative state so that you can practice these different techniques of then visualizing yourself, um, you know, coming out of your body. And if you fall asleep, that's cool. <laughs> that's fine too. It's a great way, a great technique to, um, relax yourself and help you fall asleep. If you have trouble falling asleep at night. Um, and then lastly, you can always listen to a guided meditation. Um, for me personally, my problem with guided meditations is I fall asleep. <laughs> I get, uh, I tend to get into a meditative state too quickly and fall asleep before I realize that, um, I don't know that, that like, I, I have a hard time staying conscious and, um, that could just be because I'm a mom with multiple, multiple jobs and really tired all the time, but that's fine. <laughs> so, but that is another way if you want to start practicing or learning new techniques, right? These are just some techniques I found. I'm sure there are a ton more out there. Um, you know, you can listen to some guided meditations and again, this is trial and error practice. Um, definitely if you're like, well, Carrie, I, th I think I'm astral traveling, but I can't remember what, what's happening, what's occurring when I'm, when I'm in this state, right? Practice that, that idea that when you're dreaming and you're starting to wake up that you, you either replay it over and over your head, whatever that dream was, or get a journal, um, and keep it a notepad, whatever that you keep by your nightstand where you just write down bits and pieces. And the more you do this, the, the easier it will be for you to practice this on your own or remember these dreams on your own, these astral traveling experiences on your own. And again, if you've had experiences before that you would like to share, um, you know, reach out to me here on Facebook. I'm on Instagram and TikTok as well. Um, you can go to my website, soulfulwildflowers.com and reach out to me there. I love hearing from you guys and hearing your experiences. If you have questions and you're not really sure what your experience is and you want some help dissecting it, I would love to chat with you. Um, and we can, we can definitely investigate that together. So um, last but not least, I wanted to share, I did pull a card today. I have, this is like a new thing and um, I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to keep pulling cards for us, but all right, let's see here. So this is the Rebecca Campbell, the star seed Oracle. Let me see if I can get that in the camera here. And I love her cards are so pretty that it's very, uh, astrological, very fitting with the theme for today. But the card that I pulled is all paths lead home, inner authority, intuition, turn your gaze within. So if you are live again with us on Facebook, I, you can actually see the card here. Um, there is a gal dancing in, um, I've pulled this card before, possibly on the podcast, but there's like several circles of rocks, like rock formations. There are three rocks within, and there's this like erythral um, realm right outside of her. And it's a really pretty card. There's a lot of blue, a lot of like teal green in this card, but I'm going to read a little bit from the book and then we are going to see what comes in. All right. All paths lead home. It's normal to look for, it's normal to look to the external world for answers and guidance. What's revolutionary is turning your gaze inward. You're being called to source your guidance from within to study the terrain of your inner landscape to develop a reliable relationship with your soul. The more time you spend connecting with your soul, the deeper the connection will become. The challenge for empaths is staying connected without cutting off from the world. The best way to do this is to develop a daily practice that helps you to keep checking in, to draw on the wisdom within and let the authority in your life. And let that be the authority in your life. 
If this card appears, you may be called to develop or switch up your spiritual practice to get in the habit of turning your gaze within, getting centered for the day before consuming anything from the outside world, to start from a feeling of at-homeness and throughout each day to find simple ways to keep coming home. Okay, how cool is this? So to me, right, we're talking about your inner authority and getting more connected with yourself, with your higher self, which is exactly when we were talking about why would you want to astral travel that's exactly why is to um, better connect with your higher self, to see your experiences from a different perspective, to gain more wisdom from a different perspective, something that you couldn't necessarily see during the day. And I love that it's saying, start your day with this practice, right? What were we saying? When you wake up, have a journal or replay the dreams, the astral travel experiences that you had. And if you do that at the start of your day, you're giving yourself an opportunity to connect with yourself, like start a ritual, start a practice where you're connecting with yourself. So my practice that I do is when I wake up in the mornings, I try to get up before everybody else so that I can have one-on-one time with myself. And that's really, really important for me, especially as an empath, um, And I'm noticing as I'm tapping more into my intuition, my empath abilities are becoming a lot stronger as well. Um, There'll be days where I get very emotional or very um, just overwhelmed and I, I can't recognize where it's coming from. And I think a lot of that has to do with the global energy that we're having. So I'll have to ground and disconnect and really just take time to say, what is mine? What is everybody else's? And so This is a great practice to have to do every morning. Um, And you don't have to get up super early like I do. It doesn't have to be a whole hour, five minutes in the morning, you know, for that journaling, maybe another five minutes to reflect upon it. And doing this every day um, will be really beneficial. So this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this episode and I enjoy connecting with you guys. Um, Again, if you want to connect, reach out to me on the website or on social media, let me know what you're up to, what topics you're interested in, and we can dive down the rabbit hole together. So thank you so much for watching and until next time, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.